Hustle and Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle and Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle and Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Are you ready to break free from the worker bee mentality? Life is way too short to learn everything the hard way. Why not take a shortcut and use Starring You services to help start your side hustle? Starring You is proud to offer the following services. Marketing consulting, podcast research, content marketing, course creation, and voiceover work. Starring You services will help you acquire the skills you need to break free from the hive. So today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Dr. Leke Asong. He is a practicing NHS GP and functional medicine doctor specializing in finding and fixing gut issues and the author of How to Stay Ahead of Your Doctor and Influence Your Health. Welcome to the show, Leke. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So why don't you tell the audience about yourself? Yeah, so Leke Asong here. I'm a GP, which is a general practitioner, for those who don't know in America probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, I work with the NHS, which is a national health service, and I'm also a functional medicine doctor and wellness consultant. So I've got two jobs in a way. Wow, wow. So what what prompted you to become a functional medicine doctor? Uh, good question. That was due to necessity. So years ago, uh, I had really strange symptoms like pins and needles, bloating, gas, diarrhea. So I saw a neurologist with the pins and needles. They said nothing was found. I saw the best gastroenterologist in the country. They said nothing was found. So I thought there must be something wrong with me, but I don't mm. know why. The best people can't find the answer. Then when I started GP training, I realized there were many patients like me who presented really odd symptoms which doctors couldn't fix. Mm. And I remember asking my trainer at the time, I said, you know, what's wrong with this patient? You know, he's got aches and pains, he's seen a rheumatologist, he's seen um, a neurologist, and they can't find anything. What's wrong then? He goes, well, they're probably depressed. And sometimes he'd say, it's just medically unexplained. So at that point, I became a bit frustrated because I couldn't help my patients. And I then thought, okay, I need to find some answers. And that's how I kind of stumbled across functional medicine. Wow, that that is amazing to me. I'm kind of curious. Overseas, is the training a little bit different in terms of how we go about diagnosing these type of issues? Because it sounds like we've got the same issues over here (laughs) with doctors not being able to kind of diagnose issues that are affecting our gut system? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the training is the same everywhere around the world. It's just conventional medicine has a different approach to health. Mm. Um, especially with regard to chronic disease, you need a different approach. 
Because conventional medicine, if you think about it, we'd really just focus on symptom treatment. Mm-hmm. But chronic disease, they're just subtle imbalances in the body that can't be picked up occasionally. And that's where we get stuck as conventional doctors. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you published a book called How to Stay Ahead of Your Doctor and Influence Your Health. What is one of your favorite tips to help empower patients to take charge of their health? Hmm. How to choose one, I'd say how to give a concise history. The reason is the average doctor has got 10 minutes to diagnose and treat a condition. So you need to be able to state your symptoms in a very logical and succinct manner. So everything fits in 10 minutes. Because if you go there and you're fumbling and not really sure, not answering the questions properly, then the doctor might get a bit frustrated and just do a rush job, really. So having your symptoms clear in your mind is really important. It's really key. Okay. So in terms of having your symptoms clear, should patients come with some sort of maybe a journal or what is the best sequence when it comes to notating our issues that we're experiencing? Yeah, good question. So I think you've got to rehearse at home, <laughs> like be like a play. You've got to <laughs> like it's a play. Of, <laughs> I know you've got to really. It's got to be very clear, especially the chronology. For example, how long have you had it? You know, patients say a while, a bit. You need to be very clear. Is it two weeks? Is it two months? Is it two years? Oh, okay. having a system. I mean, there's a mnemonic in medical school called uh, Socrates, which is actually a way to give a pain history. So I'll tell you what Socrates is. So S stands for sight. So where is the problem? You can use it for general symptoms, not just chest pain. It was actually devised for chest pain, but you can use it for different circumstances. So S, sight, where is the problem? O is onset. So when did it start? Um, And C, character. You know, have you got a headache? Is it sharp? Is it dull? Is it stabbing in character? And R is radiation, you know, does the pain or does the symptoms stay there? Does it move to another part of your body? Like if you've got abdominal pain, is it around the belly button or does it go to the right or the left side? Then A is associated symptoms. Let's say, for example, you've got tummy pain. Do you get nausea or you, do you vomit after it? Or have you got a headache as soon as the pain comes on? And T is timing, Socrates. I missed my word. T timing, yeah. yeah. So timing. So how long have you had it for? And Socrates E ex- exacerbating symptoms. So if you've got the pain, if you sit up, does the pain go or does it get better? Or if you lie on the left side, does it get better or does it get worse? And S, the last S is severity. So on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the pain? So that would help the doctor as well. Wow, that is the first time I have ever heard that before. That is amazing. That I mean, okay, I, okay. that that really is amazing because that I think that would save a lot of folks some time. I know our audience is probably yeah. going to be excited about that, especially over here, because you're right. When you go in for an appointment, it feels like, are you even listening to me? So if we can come to the appointment, <laughs> it's true. It's like I, I'm talking. You're not even like paying attention. Um, but like when you come in there with that type of, that, that was very strategic, what you just said. That's amazing. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So 
many times people complain about bloating. And again, especially as Americans, our diet is what the acronym is literally sad. <laughs> um, yes, that is American you, diet. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's literally sad and it is sad. Okay. There's so many fast food restaurants and all that stuff over here. Um, so a lot of people complain about bloating. So what are some of the reasons why this is the case? Bloating, yeah. So we mentioned the SAD, the SAD diet. So the first thing is diet. So diet is so important, it's crucial for optimal health. So there's no getting way out of it. So we eat lots of processed foods in the Western world. And yeah, so <laughs> we're talking of refined vegetable oils, um, mm -hmm. extra sugar, high fructose, corn syrup, you know, the lot. Another thing is stress. Stress is so important. You know, mm -hmm. we live in a high pressured society. So stress would alter the gut microbiome and cause bloating. We've also got toxins, you know, things like some of the stuff in the food are toxins. So that can clog up your liver and cause bloating. Or you can have chronic infections, hidden infections, which are not easily found with a standard stool test. They can only be found by advanced testing, for example. Mm. Okay. Okay. So I'm kind of curious yes, we may be experiencing bloating, but how do we know if it's something that we should probably pay a little bit more attention to? Like it could be more serious. Are there some sort of uh, guidelines that would let us know, hey, maybe this is something we want to get checked out? Hmm, good question. So what well, most bloating is innocent, so it won't really cause anything serious. Sure. But if you've got bloating, which just doesn't go, I think it's always good to go to see a doctor. Um, so this is not a functional medicine side. This is more kind of conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. Because depending on the age, you might need a sigmoidoscopy or a colonoscopy maybe, or an endoscopy even. So these are camera tests to just make sure there's nothing hidden in there. Because you can get bloating as a symptom of cancer, for example. So mm. it's not something to ignore. Having said that, most people, you won't really find anything unless the bloating was accompanied by other things. Maybe a change in bowel habit, depends on the patient's age. Maybe they've got blood in their stool or not, or they've got other symptoms like weight loss, for example. So yeah, so red flags are things like weight loss, maybe your age, depending, blood in the stool, mm -hmm. and maybe feeling full as soon as you eat. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. So what types of foods, I mean, we were just talking about kind of the sad diet, but what types of foods or ingredients should people be on the lookout for that may be causing them harm and they don't even realize it? All right. Yes. Yeah. So the first one is gluten. Uh, gluten okay. tends to be problematic with so many people. Um, so you can have celiac disease that can cause problems or you can have non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Yeah, so celiac, sorry, gluten in general can cause problems. Mm -hmm. Refined vegetable oils, those are to be avoided at all costs. You know, so seed oils, for example, we're talking of things like sunflower oil and um, what other kind of oils are there? Yes, yeah, so anything refined vegetables, corn oil, that's quite bad. Uh, okay. Um, and dairy in another category of people, and then sugar in all forms, even 100% fruit juice. You, you, it's just too much sugar to take all the time. 
oh, wow, wait, so 100% fruit juice. So let, let's say apple juice. So even, even if it's not added sugar, so even that yeah. natural sugar is too much? Yeah, so I'll give an example. Oh, so wow. okay. a glass of orange juice has about the same amount of sugar as a glass of Coke. So the only advantage you have with orange juice is the vitamins and it's natural. But in terms of sugar load, it's still quite high. So the problem with sugar is it can cause your insulin to spike very high. Now, when your insulin spikes high, that's a stressful event in the body. And that can cause high spike in insulin as well. So when that happens, you've got high sugar, high insulin, that can then stress the body, so your adrenals get stressed. And in some cases, if your body can't burn the excess sugar, it stores it as fat. And if you continue having lots of fruit juice, you can easily get obese from that. And then that can then cause insulin sensitivity, and you can end up with diabetes even. Okay, everyone, It would happen to everyone, but these are potential scenarios. So... So it's good to eat the fruit in its entirety with the fiber because the fiber slows the absorption of sugar. Huh. So, so that's why there's a difference between eating fruit and having fruit juice. Oh my goodness, that is. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No, that 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 makes a lot of us sad over here, probably because. <laughs> So many people have been trying to switch, myself included. I never really was a pop drinker too much, but I know a lot of people drink a lot of carbonated beverages. And so they think, oh, let me switch to fruit juice if I have a taste for something a little sugary, but I still want to, um, if you will, be like nutritious or whatnot. So, so many yeah. people probably have switched to fruit juice thinking that they're helping their health in you're saying a glass of orange juice has as much sugar as a can of Coke. I mean, that's that's kind of disappointing <laughs> to learn. <laughs> I, I fell for this years ago myself. I thought I'm going to go up to 100% juice. And I used to buy all this juice all the time. Yeah. And that period, I gained weight. And I didn't understand why I was gaining weight. I thought I'm having the best diet. If I have 100% orange juice, 100% grape juice, 100% you know, pineapple juice, what's going on? And then I found out it was the sugar. Wow. And that's so yeah. disappointing. Once in a while, it's fine. If yeah. you have a book of glass, once in a while, it's fine. It's just not repetitive. That's the main, that's why it gets problematic. Okay. So then now I've got another question because we have, I don't know how it's, it, it is overseas, but we have like a lot of smoothie shops, right? So, hmm. you know, they say that they, they're using, you know, pure organic fruits and things of that nature. And they, you know, oranges, bananas, mangoes, papaya, whatever. Is, mm. is it wrong or is it, because sometimes people will have a smoothie every day as like a form of breakfast or maybe something that they have for dinner to replace a meal. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Hmm, good question. So a smoothie is good if the majority of what you have in it are vegetables. And not fruit. If you're having a fruit smoothie all the time, then that's not really good for you. Oh. Yeah. So if you have spinach, maybe kale or something like that, and maybe a tiny amount of maybe apple juice to sweeten it up. Not apple juice, sorry, <laughs> green apple to sweeten it up. Or yeah. So I think the proportions should be at least seventy to eighty percent 
vegetables and maybe 30 to 20 percent fruit but if it's all fruit loaded then no you're going down the wrong path ah okay hopefully uh some of these smoothie shops might not be uh <laughs> might be listening and maybe changing their ways <laughs> or whatnot because there's a lot of uh smoothie shops over here that sell a variety of different types of vegetable smoothies not just vegetable smoothies but fruit smoothies as well and it's all fruit yeah, there are even people called fruitarians who just eat fruit. So oh, again, the body is really complicated. Everyone is so different. Mm. So these are general principles. But I think the fruitarians would eat fruit and not just the smoothies anyway. So they're still having the fiber in it. Gotcha. But when you eat a smoothie, there is a fiber, but it's broken down. So again, I think it changes the dynamic a bit more if it's just broken down as opposed to eating it whole. Interesting. Interesting. So what are your thoughts about like dietary supplements and herbs? Like how do we incorporate that into our diet or should we? Oh yeah, hundred percent. We should. Yeah. Dietary supplements are, yeah, they're just a gut send. I think they do so much to enhance health. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about it, most pharmaceutical drugs are actually isolates from natural sources from herbs. Mm -hmm. So Herbs are just the actual full uh, product, if you like. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they definitely are. And we do use supplements in conventional medicine, even. Uh, things like, uh, let's think, folic acid, we take that. We take iron supplements if we're low in iron. Mm -hmm. We take potassium if patients got low potassium. Yeah, so, yeah, we take B12. We've got a low B12. So, we do use supplements in conventional medicine, but for some reason, when people think about them, they don't think about these applications in conventional medicine. Some people say, oh, supplements don't work. But then actually they might be on an iron tablet. Well, that is a supplement. <laughs> mm, interesting. Interesting. So you've been through an interesting journey uh, <laughs> to get to where you are. So what is the most important lesson that you've learned throughout your career? Hmm, good one. I think I've learned to listen to what patients say, and you might actually learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes in medical school, you just think if it's not in a medical textbook, then it's not correct. But actually, if you have an open mind, you'd find out you'd learn so much from patients. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious uh, about your experience in medical school, because over here, a lot of the doctors are not forced to really learn a lot about nutrition and we all realize how much nutrition and exercise goes a long way in making sure that you stay healthy and strong and all that good stuff so kind of curious overseas how is that set up over there are, are you encouraged to take more nutrition classes so for example over here if I'm not mistaken I think they take about like maybe three or four hours in their entire um, <laughs> career to become a doctor in nutrition so that's why I'm asking this question. Kind of curious. Yeah. Same thing here. Really? Uh, it changed. Oh, yeah. Wow. Same thing okay. here. I think most conventional medical schools would be the same. Hmm. Having said that, there are lots of groups and people trying to lobby for more nutrition medical schools. Yeah. There's a charity called NutriTank, and that's what their aim is. And they've actually succeeded to implement nutrition in some medical schools i don't know which ones actually now oh, wow. but yeah 
because doctors need to know about nutrition because that is the cornerstone for health, I think, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I agree. I When I found that out, I was like shocked because how can you really help someone if you don't really know about nutrition and diet and exercise and all that other stuff? Like, I just thought that was kind of interesting. So again, I asked that question because I'm I'm always curious about other countries to see if they are like us or maybe ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all the same, I think. Okay. <laughs> that, that's what I'm finding out so far, which kind of makes me sad inside. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I checked out your Instagram page and there is no way you can leave your page without feeling hungry, sir. Like the dishes <laughs> that you make, I'm like, okay, you know what? I should not have looked at this because I wasn't hungry before. Now I am. So what <laughs> is your favorite dish to make and why? Hmm, my favorite dish. I think it's anything to do with zucchinis. I like zucchinis quite yes. a lot because they're low glycemic index, so they don't raise your blood sugar that high. Oh. Uh, it makes it seem like I'm eating pasta when I'm not. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> anything else? Or just zucchini? Yeah, I like, uh, no, zucchini, so many things. I always get inspired. I like making lamb in terms of meat. Um, I think it's quite a nice tasting meat and it's easy to make yeah. also like duck there's so much stuff actually you know it changes all the time that's why it's so difficult to answer <laughs> i get inspired all the time and i change all the time so oh it's a continuous goodness. process yeah you should have like a cooking channel because seriously i'm like looking i'm like oh that looks good i'm like what is the recipe for that yeah you need to start leaving recipes sir meant to tell you oh, that because you. <laughs> yeah some of that i would love to attempt to make and i'm like i don't know where to begin with this dish but it looks delicious <laughs> oh thank you so much yeah it's just a time sometimes because i do a quick recipe and i go to work or sure, sure, sure. I do so yeah it's kind of juggling two or three things at once sure 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 so we're in 2023 i don't know about you but time is flying by so quickly right i know we're we're almost at the end of january which is like crazy to me because i feel like we just said happy new year but anyway uh <laughs> If you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? One word. Yep. To, 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 to. I'd say progress. Ooh, I like that. And, and, and not perfection in capital in uh, in brackets. <laughs> so I've cheated. Yeah. <laughs> and and why? And why? Why progress? Because I think sometimes what happens to me, I think I just need to do this thing perfectly before I release it. Or I've got to do this. I've got to change this presentation before I do it. Or I've got to change this chapter before I print it. So sometimes that slows you down. You've just got to put it out there and then you get better with time. Yeah. So chasing perfection is a drawback. Oh, That's why I said progress. Yeah. I, I love that. And as someone who is trying so hard to stop being a perfectionist, I like that word. I, I've been trying to get, what is that that saying? I think, um, is it better, like better done than perfect or something like that? I, I, I don't know. When you said progress, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. 
So last but not least, what's the best advice for people who want to fix their gut and overall health? Avoid processed foods, cook your own food. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Well, let me push back on that. For folks who say, you know, I don't have time, you know, what can they do to um, help in their quest to still eat healthy if they're short on time? Um, well, two things. People always find time to do what they want. Yep, <laughs> and two, that's true. If you're cooking, batch cooking, cook on a Sunday, for example, like a huge portion and they can freeze them, freeze portions. Yep. And yeah, mm -hmm. you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. I just wanted to put that out there because I know there's a lot of people, I don't have time. And it's like, to your point, we all have 24 hours in a day. Like, it's up to you how you want to spend them. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> all right. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. And if folks want to connect with you, how can they go about doing so? Yeah, great. So you can find me on Instagram at guthealthmedic.co.uk or on what's it called tiktok <laughs> at <laughs> guthealthmedic.co.uk or my website guthealthmedic.co.uk or.com thank you so much like for coming on to the show i really really appreciate it thank you so much tasha Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, then risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.